Welcome to Haptic Feedback with Shaco, mobile by design. Thanks everyone for joining us on this episode where we're gonna talk about the future of mobile and ask that big kind of giant question of what does the future of mobile look like? And joining us from Shaco is Chad Neepling, who is the Director of Engineering and Technology and the Head of Innovation. And of course, Alex Otonez, who is the CEO. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, thank you for having us. Thanks for having us here. So, you know, mobility is kind of this giant package to, to open up and explore. Chad, can you walk us through basically what do we mean by mobility at this point? It can't be just a phone. It, it's something more than that. Explain what we're talking about at this level of mobility. Yeah, absolutely. I think today when you start looking at mobility, we're not talking about, like you said, not it's not just a phone anymore. We're looking at multiple devices. It's about being able to bring the technology to you, the individual, where you are, anytime, anywhere. And so one of the mediums we do that with, of course, is mobile devices through apps. But we also there's iPads, there's multiple devices out there today, your watch even that can send you and notify you information or you can engage with. So the even down to your car, right? You think about your car, your vehicles that speak to one another. Um, I know we had talked previously before the show, IFTTT, right? There's so many different things today as far as technology and how it relates and talks to one another that mobility has become this much larger umbrella. And nowadays we, we encompass that to mean cellular service just as much as we do Wi-Fi and things of that nature. So mobility has become a huge, a uh, huge component of how we operate today. And we've seen that across America and the United States and other countries um, that that's that's a key part of how they function. So mobility has definitely grown um, in huge leaps and bounds over the last five years plus um, in ways that we never I don't know that we necessarily predicted but I know some folks did that were here at Shaco, and so we—that's why we're here, right? Um, that's how we got in this. We got in this space, so uh, being able to have that. So yeah, we've seen it. We knew it was coming, but um, to this degree, and and I think that what we see today, as far as the large scale, I don't know that anybody could have really predicted that. It's it's a massive, massive place now. Right, Alex. I mean, ex explain some of that from from the CEO perspective when we're talking about mobility. Is it thinking more of platforms and devices or is it thinking more of the experience and what industry does that really uh, play into well for you guys those are three different questions and, and chad is completely right so mobility is way beyond a mobile device at this point right it's about a connected life and and that's the way we see it so you asked about a platform about a device or about a specific industry i think mobility is industry agnostic Right. As as consumers of technology or consumers of data, it spans across all industries at this point. The way the way we see it here at Shaco is mobility is about creating a connected life, whether it's through your phone, through your device, through your watch and or through some sort of IOT device, be it a glass or be it a sensor um, being glasses. I'm sorry. Um, Really for us, it's, it's, it's about one core tenant. It's about taking data and creating a user experience through an interface and or through a notification that is beneficial to a user and, and connecting it across multiple platforms. So as a user, I want to engage with a brand on a device of my choice. It's no longer at a time of my choice, but it's about a device of my choice. If I'm running 
the last thing I want to do is pull out my phone. I want to engage through a watch or through my headphones. Um, if I'm walking into my apartment, I want the apartment to basically open up because the phone is is in my pocket, right? I don't need to press a button to do that. Um, if I don't know if a package is being delivered by Amazon. I don't want to open up my computer. I want a little smart notification that says, hey, listen, your package is waiting for you. So mobility has really been broadened at this point. And it's about that connected experience across multiple devices, multiple platforms, and, and it is no longer industry specific. Wow. Okay. That, that makes a lot more sense and really drills down that mobility aspect. And yeah, you, you, you mentioned something that I think we all forget. It's just, it's so commonplace now with all of our IOT devices that all of us have that, yeah, we know when we come home, we know when the package was delivered. We know when the food's four minutes away, three minutes away, two minutes away. Why is it not in my mouth right now? Aspect of life. Um, when you're thinking about a immersive experience and Chad, I'm going to ask you this one. An immersive experience is so detailed. And, you know, a lot of people are, are, are saying ter terms like metaverse and AR and, and VR and all these things. Is that top down thinking or is it the immersive experience is anything we want it to be? Yeah, I think there's a, there's a combination. That's a great question. I think there's a combination of that top down. And then there's also that that also kind of that exploratory. This could be anything that we want it to be right. Like there's still that underlying piece to to what we've coined the metaverse, which is AR. It's 3D. It's your augmented reality experiences, whether you're using a HoloLens or whether it's, you know, you're using a Quest, an Oculus Quest. You are now it's now Meta Quest, you know, um, one of those devices that you're you're wanting to immerse yourself in, even with your mobile device where you can do augmented reality and even down to shopping and retail now where I can actually take a look and see how this this looks in my room. Right. With the dimensions, with the with the actual opaque, which some folks don't don't understand, there's actual weight to these devices from uh, from that standpoint of what you're actually seeing in augmented reality. So if I put glasses on, for example, you know, it's not going to bleed through my head. You're actually going to be able to see the glasses, arms and the glasses, how they fit over top of my face. So you're creating this entity through technology that exists in a in a virtual space. And so I think you'll there's still that exploratory piece that you're talking about, you know, where it can be anything that I want it to be. You look at, at different uh, worlds that have spun up in the last couple of years, right? And when we get into metaverse um, and they've made those about what they want it to be, Roblox is an experience, right? Um, and so you, you start thinking about that. I, I feel like if you, um, if you are, are looking at from a top-down perspective, I think there's a lot of assumption about what metaverse is what AR is, what does it mean to be a part of an immersive experience? I still think there's some of that, there's confusion there to a degree. We've kind of lumped that all into, into one term. Um, and so I feel like there's still some ex exploration even there of, of defining how do these technical pieces fit into my business model? How do they fit into what I'm doing today? And how can I leverage this technology to get my services or create an experience for a client or a customer that's going to keep them coming back because that's really what you're, it's about. It's about building, building able to build a relationship with a person through technology to be able to get them on the comeback. And that's really the secret to it is how can you get the, the person to continue to engage with you? And I think that's one thing that immersion does is it takes it to another level. Um, and it's all around you. It's no longer looking at a little screen on your hand or, or one that's on your wrist. 
This it, it encompasses you. You can touch and feel. That's a different experience altogether. That is pretty fascinating. I mean, because AR and VR, we've been thinking about this, you know, some of us, you know, of a certain age are thinking all the way back to the movie Lawnmower Man. I mean, this is this is not a new idea, but it's constantly trending. We're like, it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen. And it seems to now like no, it it it's it's been happening just in very small little instances. But now from what you're saying, this is this is the reality we're going to face. Um for Shaco, and what is the describe the the customer base or the partnership that you're having with your clients as and the experiences that you're looking to build? So, so I think for us, as, as we talk about the metaverse or, or immersive experiences, Chad mentioned, I think they're they're two different things, right? The metaverse requires an immersive experience, and from a metaverse perspective, I think there's there's two. It's it's a line, right? On on one side of the line, you have this augmented experience, right? So you're essentially overlaying technology or data over your existing reality. So you are augmenting your reality or our reality. On the other side of the spectrum, we have the Snow Crash metaverse, right? Snow Crash, the book from I think the 80s, which is I am going to put on a headset and some sort of device that allows me to see, feel, and experience something virtual outside of my current reality. And there's everything in between. And to Chad's point, I think people are still trying to figure out which metaverse or what version of the metaverse works best for them. And and, and again, I just want to reemphasize, right? So there is this concept of the metaverse, which is an augmented world to the one we, we, we currently live in. And then there's the concept of, of immersive experiences, which is what we've been referring to as augmented reality, right? Um, from a client base, I think what the, the clients that we look for, the ones that we want to work with, are the ones that are kind of pushing those boundaries. They want to understand how they can create a better brand or a better experience for their consumers in the metaverse. They want to understand how they can create a better brand or a better experience using augmented reality. And those are the customers that we're constantly working with, right? The customers that, that basically say, you know what, we'll wait until somebody succeeds at this and then we'll copy them. Those are cool, but but not not the ones that we normally work with. We we try to like push those bounds a little bit. And I think where we are successful is when we understand a customer's brand and help them invest in these types of technology in a way that reflects their brand. They don't want to copy somebody else, but they want to increase or augment their own brand using these concepts. And, and those are the ones that are, are the ones that are most successful with Shaco. I think to to Alex's point, this is the new frontier, right? In a lot of ways, and so you kind of kind of almost have to think of yourself as, you know, as being out there in the, in the middle of of nowhere, kind of, uh, you know, trudging through trudging through the fields, as it were, and trying to see something new. And so it's it's a lot of that. It's a lot of figuring out how you identify what's going to work best with you, as Alex said earlier, because there's some there's some retails, for example, in, in the retail industry. There's a lot of opportunity there, but what type of experience do you want to provide? Do you want to provide the type of experience where it's, hey, I want you to buy my products. Here's the opportunity for you to see what it looks like in your home versus, hey, I want you to buy our products. But not only that, I'm going to give you this entire experience that you can come into a world. There's going to be a a monetary NFT value, right, that you can spend in my world that that has this currency. Like there is an entire, it's just a different level of, 
of what is it that you want. So it's really, it is, it's fresh green space in a lot of ways. I mean, think about it. Even Snoop Dogg has his own metaverse world, right? So <laughs> right. I mean, hey, if, 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 if Snoop's in it, you know, it's on fire at this right. point, right? And so, um, <laughs> and that's the way I look at it. You know, like if Snoop's investing in it, I'm going that way. Right. Um, and so it's, it's firing up right now. And, and there's just, there's so many different, um, there's different avenues. And I think that what we're starting to see in industry, not just retail, but in other industries, for example, service industry with a hollow lens, the capabilities that you can do there are are just really they're boundless. Um, take the example of I'm going to give you a, I'm going to throw this out there as an example. I'm a truck driver. My truck breaks down. I've got the tools to fix it. I call into my home office. They connect me to a service person who then has a hollow lens. I have one in my truck, for example. I throw it on. This guy walks me through, through my hollow lens, how to make that repair via augmented reality. That is a real world situation that could come to fruition. Same thing with, with plumbing. Any type of trade work, you could leverage this hollow lens and use it to actually help coach someone to make a repair. So think about all of a sudden the repair industry now can become, you can have a national brand that could service anybody from coast to coast. Think about it. It opens up a whole new world of possibility. Yeah, no, what I wanted to do was add to that, right? So, so Chad, we're talking about technology, but then if you layer reality on top of that technology, so you're saving costs on travel, right? You're saving costs on, on basically identifying what the problem is, because if, if you're a plumber and you forgot, I, I don't know, if you forgot a specific tool or a specific pipe, or you know what, these are copper pipes, not PVC pipes, you name it, right? You don't have to go visit the person, come back and then go back again. You just basically have a hollow lens and they're like, okay, this is the setup. I will come 100% prepared and it's one trip as opposed to five or six. And so travel costs and environmental impact, it's just, it's just crazy, right? Well, I mean, that's such a fascinating example because, again, when we, we've talked about AR and it, it's always, you know, the, 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 the stock video footage you see of it in the, the CSI uh, TV show version of it. It's always, always I'm reaching into the guy and I'm doing an autopsy and here's where the here's where the system failed. And and, and that just seems otherworldly. But putting it down to the truck driver, the plumber, the electrician, the thing that affects me right now in my world in the biggest pain point, that's the most important thing that I think people are going to be excited about. I mean, that that's a brilliant um, example. And, and that's that sets up a question that I've got for both of you that is, you know, that 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 creator question of this is trending. And then there's brand building. And that seems two different ways of looking at things. Alex, you had mentioned we have customers that want to just follow the trend, which is, you know, great. I mean, it's low hanging fruit. Businesses build on low hanging fruit. And then there's brand building, which is creating something new from the get go. How do you as a company tackle trending versus brand building as a business model and technologists? So there is brand extensions and there is trend building and there are best in class practices. And, and those are three different things. So the first thing that we normally do is use best in class practices. Our team is a team of experts on building technology and they've become experts because they have done this multiple times over and over and over. And so there are best in class practices to build an augmented experience, to build a mobile experience, to build a watch experience. And we need to use those. The reason you use those is 
the end user, the consumer of this technology is used to a certain way of operating. Um, the simplest example I could give you is imagine you turned on your phone and Apple decided to, instead of the, the, the end call button, they decided to put a purple button that looked like a heart in the top right. Right, you'd be so confused. You didn't. So, so there are best-in-class practices and user experiences that, as a user, you have to you have to abide by. The second piece is the brand extension. A lot of the brands that we we know and love have become that because of that cultural effect. The the um, affirmation, right? Um, think of Apple, right? Like Apple is an incredible brand that has pushed technology that has simplified phones. They don't follow trends. They essentially say, hey, listen, this is who we are. This is what our brand means. And this is what our brand will mean when people use augmented reality. This is what our brand will mean when people immerse themselves in the metaverse. And so for us, it's, it's a brand extension and understanding how a brand is recognized and acknowledged in the real world and taking that acknowledgement into this digital world. And, and that's what a lot of companies struggle with right and they're like hey you know what we need an e-commerce site amazon has done it amazing like an amazing job at e-commerce site so let's buy uh, a license to shopify and do the exact same thing um amazon did and that's when companies stumble a little bit right what they need to do is understand what their brand represents to the end consumer and then still build that e-commerce site but with that brand in mind or build that watch app with that brand in mind and that's what i'm referring to as a brand extension but you have to keep in mind the actual best practices, both user experience, user interface, and, and actually like development. That means a lot of change. I mean, you guys have to be pivoting. I mean, you must be pivoting nonstop and, and going, that, that was a great idea about 20 minutes ago, guys. Let's, let's figure something else out or we got to figure out the next week, the next month. How do you adapt and prepare as a company for change like that? So it's a lot of change for our customers, right? And, and it's a lot of conversations that we are constantly having for them or with them. For us, what we do is, I think one of the, the, the models that we say is, hey, listen, we will, we will build for the technology of today, understanding the future that you want to achieve. And, and so for us, it's, it's micro increments. You're not going to go from not having an application to being in a metaverse, or, or maybe you do, but the reality is there are some incremental steps that you've taken, right? So you built an app, you built a watch app, you did immersive media, and then you go into the metaverse. And so you're doing these like small changes. It's like boiling a lobster, right? Like you didn't really realize it until it's cooked. And, and those are the companies that are most successful. And along the way, we have these small conversations. It's like, hey, by the way, you've done the watch. Now let's see what we can do when we pair the watch with the phone. And I think Chad could probably speak to that a little more uh, from a technology perspective. Yeah, absolutely, Alex. I think it's it's about intent, right? It's a lot about intent and making sure that you know, the example you provided, right? Well, we've got it's it's on a device. We've got it on your watch. We've got this app in multiple places, but there's a consistent feel to it, and you know that this you recognize through that feel that this is that brand, right? It's not necessarily looking at the brand's logo anymore, right? When we're talking about mobility and, and devices. Uh, there, it's about an experience and building that experience for someone. That experience is what draws them in. And that's where, you know, for example, we had joked earlier before the show, you know, when Apple really kind of took off with this whole, hey, there's an app for that, right? And when they came out with their advertising, it was, hey, we're Apple. Here's our story. You know, this is our journey. By the way, you want to buy our device? People were hooked on that immediately. Apple was no longer advertising, hey, this is what our device does. They were advertising how the device impacts your life and how these apps impact your life and how that that 
creates, in some cases, a sense of community, right? A sense of, um, you know, sense of ownership to a degree. There's a sense of, of feeling like you're a part of something bigger than yourself in some instances with some of the apps that are out there today. And if you think about, for example, taking this, this conversation of brand and things of that nature, think about in the sense of what companies have actually launched themselves from being an app and now have become a major player, right? One of those being Roxio, which when they came out with Angry Birds years ago, now look at where they're at. Movies, right? Cartoons. I mean, it is a huge brand. And they did it off of what? Building a simple app that was available cross-platform on multiple devices. You know, let's admit it. it was, it's an addicting, fun game, right? So they were able to tap into that and, and tap into your um, tap into the ease of the functionality of the device, right? That's already there. You know, Alex had talked about that earlier around best practices. So there was a lot that was there from a technology standpoint. This company just came in and developed a, a developed an experience for the end user that was able to utilize that technology and bring that forward. And now, guess what? That technology works so seamlessly and works so well that now me as the consumer. I don't want to buy another device. I'm now going to be brand loyal to this particular device. So that's even that's a step further right into that. Just to kind of give a little funny analogy. So Apple has done it right. Um, there's a restaurant. I think it's called like Dick's Last Resort or, or Dick's. I think it's called Dick's Last Resort, if I'm not mistaken. Never been. But I think the whole concept or premise of this restaurant is you go in to be treated poorly. Right. Like they are yes. mean yeah. to you. Right. And so imagine, and again, we don't work with Dick's Last Resort and I have never been there, but imagine, I've seen stories and I've seen videos. Imagine Dick's Last Resort decided to build a voice app on Google, right? And Google has done a very good job. When you interact with Google, it says, please, it says, thank you, right? And so, so Dick's Last Resort is like, hey, listen, we're going to do software and we're going to do it right. And so then as a, as a fan, if, if I was a fan of this restaurant, I'm like, hey, Google, please make a reservation at Dick's Last Resort or hey, Google, um, What's the food that they serve? And Google says, well, the food is blah, blah, blah. And your reservation has made made. Thank you for talking to me. Right. So Google gave me a thank you, a very, a very nice, like pleasantry. Right. But that is not the brand that Dick's Last Resort has been built on. And so if you are building technology and we're talking about brand and you build technology in accordance with somebody else's standards, you're losing that brand a little bit. It's not much, but you're, you're losing what has made you special. And, and so to, to Chad's point, Apple has done it right. But if you have another company, and again, Dix has not done this, I want to emphasize that, but if they basically follow the same pattern and then they create this like pleasant experience online, then they've lost what made what makes them special. On the other hand, if they come in and they build a voice app that is just as rude to the to the user as the restaurant is, now they're following that brand pattern and that brand behavior. And if they do that across voice and their app, and and so that's what makes makes um this brand element so special, especially in the digital world, as we talk about future uh, trends. Mm. And that's got to be a real paradigm shift for a lot of uh, people in the technology space and your engineers and your creators. How or who are you looking for when you're building your team? This has to be a way of there's got to be a different way of thinking when they're when they're looking at this world. So how, how, how does that process go for you guys? Yeah. So when you're, you're looking for those people, right. That, and, and looking to work in this, in this industry, you're really looking at two things. One, it, it's, well, for us here, Shaco, the big piece of it's our cultural fit, right? We are always going to look at that first. We want to make sure that the person that comes in here, 
um, is also going to be one that that everybody loves and wants to work with because we're going to welcome them with open arms. That's just how we are. Um, and so th that's your, there's a real sense of community here. So that's something we're going to look for initially, too. And, and the people that we want to join Shaco is, hey, do you want to be a part of something bigger than yourself and, and, and things of that nature? And kind of what's your passion? Um, and for us, there's the second piece of that for me, honestly, is creativity and technology, right? What do you know about it? Also, the creativity piece of what can you do with it? There's off the shelf. There's a concept of, of buying something off the shelf that doesn't just, you know, uh, that's not just something that, that's heard in technology. It's heard in a lot of spaces. But in technology, when we say, hey, we're going to take something off the shelf, typically it's, hey, it's cookie cutter. This is a black box. We're going to take this and work with it as is. There's that. But what about the mindset to be able to say, hey, what if I was to take this off the shelf and I made a couple tweaks here and there? I could reuse this for another solution. Right. Um, and, and that's where I talk about the creativity. Right. And being able to kind of think outside the quote unquote box, so to speak. Um, and so you look for that and you look for people that are passionate about technology and learning new things and wanting to not just learn them, but use them and figure out how to use it and how to apply it in such a way that it will impact someone's life. Because that's really, honestly, if you start thinking about, if you, talk, if you were to sit down and talk with, with a lot of the engineers here in Chaco, you'll start to find a common thread that they all feel a purpose behind what they're doing. And when you have that purpose of what you're doing and it feels greater than you, and you're also having an impact on people's lives, that is a shared experience, right? That, that we all enjoy and that we all want to, to share with others. But it's also what we're looking for when we look for other engineers, when they come in, what's your purpose? You know, do you want to be a part of something bigger than yourself? Or are you here just to code, right? Or you just want to code because you like technology, right? We want the people that love the technology, but they want to be a part of something too. Um, because honestly, that's what we're doing for our clients. We're creating, as Alex mentioned earlier, with our brands um, and the brands that we work with, we're wanting to create experiences. We're not here to just create technology and throw it out and say, here you go, here's an app. Now we wanna create that experience because that's ultimately what we had mentioned earlier in this podcast, that's what's gonna bring the user back is when you create that experience. So you gotta be emotionally invested, you gotta be mentally invested from a technology. So yes, you wanna understand the technology. Yes, you wanna understand new things. You wanna play with new things. You wanna figure out how they work, how you can apply them maybe how you can non-traditionally apply them. Those are the kind of people we're looking at and, and that they're hungry. They're hungry to learn um, and they love really collaboration because collaboration is key, especially today in a remote setting. You've got to be able to do that in, in a free flow. Um, and so that's really when we're looking for people. We want those people that when we put them in front of our clients, our clients are like, yeah, they get it. And, and that's exactly what we do. And that's what we have here at Shaka. We have folks that they just get it. And, and that's what it comes down to. So, Chad, I, I was writing this down, but you just, you, I think you nailed our mission, right? Like purpose-built experiences. Um, and furthermore, I think one of the things that you have done really well at is helping your team or our team understand how what they build connects to an entire experience, right? So our, our team, or I should say your team, isn't coming in and basically saying, hey, how do we take swipe and make people swipe half a second faster right like they're not going in, and that's an important thing to do right and a lot and and at a lot of companies that's what engineers are doing right they're coming in and they're like hey you know what we have an application i want users to be able to move the screen up half a second faster so we get one conversion more and and that's okay like that's that's a cool job but then i think one of the awesome things that you have done with our team that that sets us apart and helps us tackle these future trends is 
our team not only is building an application using that technology that they're good at, but they're understanding the implication of that technology across a spectrum of devices. And, and I, I, I love how you brought that mentality into our team. Thank you. Thank you. I think we try to make sure that we have a full understanding of one capabilities, right? Limitations and capabilities. You have to have those understandings and then being very comfortable with that, but then also being able to communicate that back to your client, but um, also to being able to take these experiences, taking that knowledge to build these experiences. And that's really what it is. You have to have that experience working with these technologies to be able to know what you can and cannot do, because in some situations, clients may come in with a great idea that we've had some stellar ideas come through our, our meetings but there's sometimes there's a limitation to what you can and cannot do. And so how can we still continue to work with our client and build that experience through technology and leverage that technology and understand the implications of it right across the board? That's that's the key piece. And Alex and the guys here, man, they walk that walk when they're talking with our clients. And it's, it's awesome to see because they really do look for that ability to be able to build that relationship and to give them something more than what they could have ever thought, right? That's that's our goal. And we wanna blow you away at the end of the day. We just wanna blow you away with what you've seen. You may come to the table with this ask, but guess what? When we deliver it, it it's just gonna mind, you know, it's gonna blow your mind. And that's that's what we're looking for. Well, that that's brings me up to our, our last question. I know it's a hard, this is gonna be a hard question to, to answer in a short amount of time, but how does a small company with a niche idea start with you how does that process look like when they're coming to shaco i think it's simple for us it's about foundation and architecture um two-part process our our team of strategists and designers help expand on that idea so they help create the strategy and roadmap behind the idea and our team of developers and architects help understand the technology that will make that idea work and and really it's it's this foundation and architecture process is built into this, this three-step model. It's impact, outcome, and output, right? So what is the impact that you want to have on the business? What is the impact you want to have on, on the user? Why are you using technology? Outcome, like what is the human behavior that you are looking to address, adjust, modify, reinforce? And then output, what is the technology that you are going to be using to make that happen? So uh, again, it's just, it's just it's a packaged approach that we use not only with small clients, but our enterprise clients as well. Yeah, no, I think that's a great, that's actually it, Alex, and you hit the nail on the head. It starts at the foundation, understanding what does that look like? Um, and, and that's where you start in any, in any situation when you're building something, you wanna start at the foundational pieces. So that's what we're gonna look at. What is it long-term, you have to build it right. When you think about from building a custom home, you're not gonna start with the roof. You know, you're, you're not gonna get very far. You're going to start, you know, you've got to get in there. You've got to start, you know, leveling out the land. You've got to go through. And once you've done that, make sure it's good and compacted. Bring the dirt in. Make sure that's good and solid. You know, pour your foundation. There's steps to this, right, into building a home. And so I related a lot to that. Um, and that's also the same way with building our relationships with our clients, like building a home. We work through these things together. And that's how we really solidify that relationship with our clients as well. They don't lose their voice is what I'm saying. They don't lose their voice just because they come to us and they engage with us and they say, yeah, we want to work on this project. This sounds awesome. They never lose their voice. They don't lose their touch. They don't lose their sense of self or their brand, as Alex alluded to, because quite honestly, that's the valuable piece that they own. And we're going to help them 
to make sure that everybody sees that and, and it's in the right light, right? And so the only way you can do that is if you're engaged with those clients. So that relationship is long lasting. It's not just, it doesn't end at the front door after talking to the sales team. Um, and there's a very, very, there's a lot of energy put into that. Let's just say that there's a lot of energy put into those relationships and making sure that our clients, one, feel like they're a part of the process, but two, they have ownership in this as well. So Chad, one thing that you just reminded me of is, um, so when you said foundation, so it, a good foundation is critical to the success of an ongoing relationship. A, a good foundation is also critical to the success of a stable building. And I think the last thing that I wanted to say is um, that you just reminded me of. So the word Shaco actually comes from an old Native American word that means flat rock at the mouth of a river. And, and so when we talk about foundation, what better foundation than a flat rock? And so we have been that flat rock, not only for our developers, for our designers and strategists, but also for all of our clients, right? So we are that foundation that they build this innovation on top of. Wow, that's, wow, that is intense. That's a, that's a really great analogy, Alex. Um, as we exit out, uh, what's the best way to get in touch with Shaco? Call Chad. 1-800-CALL-CHAD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can always check us out shaco.com uh, shaco.com is going to be Alex, what were you, what were yeah shaco.com and it, that's it you know look us up on linkedin or out there on linkedin on the social media platforms linkedin always putting out some great content got to give a shout out to to dex and our team over there lauren they do an awesome job um, of keeping that content fresh um, making sure that we're putting out white papers, use cases. Um, so there's a lot of information that we put out. Shaco doesn't just say, hey, we put, we're working with these people. Let's be flashy about who we're working with. No, we actually talk about some of the science behind what we do. Um, and we put that out there in the forefront. We're not afraid to let everyone know, hey, these are the things that we're thinking. These are the things that we're seeing. These are the things that uh, we think are going to have an influence on you and your companies. Um, so, hey, catch on. Read these white papers. We put out a lot there. Shaco does a lot of content. So keep up with us on LinkedIn, social media, con you know, um, social media platforms. And then, of course, Shaco.com. Great place to check us out there, too. So, Chad, thank you so much. Alex, thank you so much. That was Chad Neepling, Director of Engineering and Technology and Head of Innovation at Shaco, and Alex Atanias, the CEO of Shaco. Um, so there you go. That is the trending world of what mobile looks like. Uh, check out Shaco.com for more information.